this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Outdoors in partnership with Warriors Quest is brought to you by Martin Archery, the number one archery company. Martin Archery combines leading edge modern technology with innovative design to give serious bow hunters and target archers what they demand. Axis Camera Arms for a camera arm that offers a smooth, full range of motion without restriction, lightweight, easy to pack, the name speaks for itself the Axis Revolution. Conquest Sense for more than 15 years, Conquest Sense has been selling premium hunting sense to hunters around the country. Bojax Inc., the best designed archery dampening system. Simmons Optics, everything you need, nothing you don't. Ozonics, undetectable, undeniable. Dry shod waterproof footwear, the most wearable rubber boot. Veteran innovative products, VIP broadheads. The first and only scalpel sharp broadhead with dual spring variable cutting width suspension for superior penetration. Elevated safety systems. Rancho Rio Lindo in Uvalde, Texas. Piney Woods Hunting Lodge in Eufaula, Alabama. So tonight I'm joined by Justin Boardman. Justin, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name wrong. Um, from The Fallen Outdoors. And The Fallen Outdoors is one of my personal favorite places to send people when they ask who I, as a veteran, recommend donating to. Uh, mainly because I, I grew up in the outdoors and deeply understand the healing power a deeper connection with Mother Nature can have, as well as the camaraderie built uh, among outdoors men and women. Uh, so, Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, first off, thanks for having me on the show, man. This is pretty awesome. Uh, you guys have been getting a lot of good uh a lot of good feedback and listen to some of your guys' content lately, and it's pretty cool. The sponsors you guys are getting stuff. I'm proud of you guys, um, and thanks for having me on and letting me represent Fallen Outdoors. Um, well, I grew up in uh, grew up in the state of Wisconsin. Um, spent all my first 17 years there, and left when I was a young 17 year old. Joined the Army. Um, I've been on active duty for 14 and a half years. Um, spent seven years in the infantry, and I spent the rest of it in Special Forces, Green Beret, right now and uh stationed out here at jblm out in washington um spent my time in the infantry in 82nd airborne division out of fort bragg north carolina and uh man i as far as as far as the outdoors for me man i was uh born and raised doing it ever since i was able to walk my dad was dragging me along in the woods or out in the boat whatever it may be and i guess i'd say for me my forte is kind of uh, waterfall hunting uh bass bass fishing and I do a lot of bow hunting as well and been cutting my teeth out here chasing some bulls around here in the mountains too. So yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and I've just recently really got into the waterfowl hunting thing uh, as, as of the last probably three years. And it's a, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big bug. To, that's a hard bug to catch. Not hard to catch, but it's hard to get rid of. Yeah. And I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag right now, man. I, Washington's got world-class waterfowl hunting, so you got to get your butt out of Florida, dude, and come up here and chase some birds with us. We got the most liberal limits in the country, and we got a 107-day season. You can shoot seven greenheads a day, man. And uh, you get out in eastern Washington, where a lot of people don't don't really think of it, and you can get underneath the 10,000 mallard ground sitting out in a dry cornfield. It's pretty incredible out here. You know, here here Washington is a pretty great state to water uh, waterfowl hunt. I actually have a buddy of mine who lives out there, was stationed at, at Lewis for a while, and then got out and stayed in Washington. Yeah. Um, but uh, the guys, he waterfowl hunts it out there. They all want to come back here. They want to shoot wood ducks. They want to shoot wood ducks. Yeah. Well, I tell you, a lot of people, a lot of people give an arm and a leg to shoot a wood duck uh, out here in Washington, because um, it's not super common. And what's weird, dude, is is I'm guessing if, if I was Batman, uh, Florida, because, you know, I spent a lot of time in North Carolina, I spent a lot of time hunting the Mississippi Flyway and stuff for some reason where there's a plethora of wood ducks and you can only kill three a day. But um, out here in Washington, for some odd reason, you can shoot seven wood ducks a day, but we don't hardly have them. Yeah, we have a low, we have a low limit on wood ducks. 
But yeah. what we do have that you can't find a lot of places that we have a very our a liberal limit on is the black belly whistling ducks. You know, that's uh, that's something that's on. So like, we'll get into it a little bit more. But um, ultimate waterfowl challenge. I don't know if you've heard of it, but they uh, they are a huge supporter of the outdoors. Um, a lot of the proceeds that go with memberships through them and through their uh, national like fundraising banquet that they do every year, they they cut us quite a bit of money as a as a do- big donation to us. It helps us out substantially, and so we're a huge backer of them. And, it, and it's pretty cool if, if people aren't familiar with it. What it is is there's I think 42 or 44 species in North America people can chase across the country and down there in Florida, that's a huge target bird because you can't get them many other places and it's on the list. So um, people will travel down there to do that. And then my buddies that are stationed in seventh group out of Destin, um, they don't get a whole bunch, a whole, a whole lot of other birds other than I uh, kill some buffalo heads and some ringnecks and stuff down there and redheads every once in a while. But um, man, I'd love for you to come up sometime and, and run around with us. And I mean, plus you can kill Harlequin. It's the only place in the lower 48 you can kill Harlequin. Yeah, one a season out here, and that's uh, it's pretty prized possession for waterfowl hunters. Yeah, I'm gonna have to make a trip out there and, and get with you guys and do some waterfowl hunting. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, but you know those black lily whistling ducks. I I can't believe that more people don't like shooting them like we do because the only thing you they're about the same size as a mallard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't decoy very well, but they're very responsive to calling, and they're homogenous. So when you turn that group of five or six ducks around to come back to where you're sitting, uh, they'll turn back and you can shoot, drop one, and the group doesn't leave. They turn and come back to find their buddy you just shot until you've killed four of the six ducks and then they leave. No kidding. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if you get into a good spot where you've got a bunch of them, you'll, you'll get a barrel smoking red. I think, I think, I think the only thing I can compare to that, man, is, uh, like early goose season, um, a lot of times that happens too with early geese is because, uh, you know, when they open it up on September 1st, a lot of times it's just, it's family groups growing or uh, running or flying around. It's the, it's, I mean, I hate to say it this way, but it really is. It's mom and dad and, and the brood that they had in the spring and they're flying around, you know, being five to 10 groups and same thing kind of happens. You crack a couple of them and you can hit them with a comeback call and a lot of times they'll swing back around and come back and look for <laughs> unfortunately uh the rest of their family and you can get into them pretty good man you can get into them but they're the park geese anyways that's why they open that early season i mean heck i think you can shoot 15 a day in north carolina early season crazy. so how did falling outdoors get it start well um man it's been a long ride um I've been very fortunate to be part of it pretty much since the beginning. Um, so one of my best friends in the whole world is Eric Bakken. Uh, Eric is the founder of the Fallen Outdoors. Um, it was founded in 2009, actually, on the top of a mountain in Afghanistan. Um, pretty cool. Him and uh, him and a couple of buddies kind of came up with an idea um, that they wanted to do something to to help veterans, help active duty guys. It actually started off on the basis of helping more so active duty guys because um the basis it was founded on was and you take uh i'll use myself as an example like you know i left wisconsin when i was 17 years old and i moved down to Fayetteville, north carolina and i came from a small town wisconsin i showed up in Fayetteville, north carolina right outside of fort bragg and there's 250,000 people and all i knew to do was pretty much hang out in the barracks and bs with my buddies and drink some beer and that's about it and i Got extremely homesick right away because all I wanted to do was go hunting and fishing because that's all I knew. And But I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. I had no idea how to start. But finally, after a deployment and I came back and had some downtime, I, my dad taught me how to get off my feet and go knock on some doors and ask permission and, you know, meet people. Heck, I even loitered in the hunting section of Gander Mountain and just to meet people, to talk to people. And, and that thing is I was brought up that way but a lot of people weren't so I've I've met so many people in my career that'll be like yeah man I used to hunt a lot before the army but I don't hunt at all because I don't know where to go I don't know what to do I don't have friends that do it I don't know where to start and it's just too complicating and so the the whole premises of TFO came about back in 09 with the idea of 
what can we do to help people be able to get on their feet and understand it? And what can we create for people that if they have questions, we can answer them. If they need a direction to go, we can help them. If we take them to an area and teach them how to waterfowl hunt, teach them how to fly fish, teach them how to bass fish, then it turns into like this force multiplying idea where we help somebody uh, learn how to do it. And almost like that kind of goes back to a lot of terms in the military, like that train the trainer. So we essentially train a guy or teach a guy to, to be good at something, understand it. And essentially it comes back and it becomes fruitful for us because in turn, they're going to return the favor and they're going to start taking somebody or showing somebody how to do it. And um, what happened was, is Eric um, taught his best friend, Eric Finnegan, um, how to do everything. And that his, his body took to it, like, like, uh, just absolutely loved it and adored it and he just became a heck of an outdoorsman himself and they came up with this idea when they were on the top of a mountain in afghanistan and and uh they were like yeah we should do this well unfortunately um his buddy eric finnegan didn't make it home he was killed in afghanistan and uh eric was like well we need to bring this to fruition and um so um basically Eric, came, Eric started rolling with it, and um, our motto is uh, leaving our dreams because they gave up theirs. Um, and I think it suits it just just proper. Um, you know, a guy like Finnegan, who started to live and breathe the outdoors, he ended up um, being killed in, in Afghanistan. And, I mean, his dreams are probably to prosper as an outdoorsman and, and, and become something more. And I can tell you right now that Eric has carried out those dreams uh, significantly and the organization has carried out those dreams and, and I see it every day and I'm super proud of everything we've done. And um, in 2012 is when I found it, I came back from a deployment in Afghanistan and um, a buddy of mine was like, Hey man, I found this, I found this Facebook page called Fallen Outdoors. So it looks like it's something right up your alley. You should check it out. So I checked it out and there was only like a handful of likes on the page and I just messaged it and Eric messaged me back right away. And, and I kind of got things rolling in North Carolina while I was down there. And then uh, when I moved up here to JVLM, uh, Eric and I were like, uh, just became two best friends. And, and we had a really good core group up here in Washington. And um, man, it's just freaking exploded over the last five or six years. Um, absolutely exploded. Uh, we're in over 40 states across the country. We got active teams. And uh at, at right now we're doing on average i mean before before this global pandemic of course um we were looking at an average of about twelve thousand veterans a year we were taking hot man fishing so it's turned into a pretty phenomenal deal man it's very very humbling to be a part of it i'm fortunate to be a national board member for it and uh, i can't be more proud of the guys and all the hard work that all of our staffers do across the country yeah this is awesome i mean i, I you know i'm I'm on you guys, part of the social media group, part of the the Southeast chapter social media group, and I see that all the time. It seems like every single week there's something else going on, especially during hunting season. Right. Um, always giving something away, always giving something back. Yeah, man. I mean, we couldn't uh, – we honestly couldn't do it without the we, – we could not do it without the help of uh, the people that – donate their time, donate, you know, monetary donations, um, the people that, I mean, guides, other vets, our pro staff taking people out. And I tell people all the time, like, you know, when you go on our pages, our main platform is, is our social media platform. I mean, it is 2020. So that's kind of just where we're at in today's day and age. And we give, you know, like you said, you're in the South, the, the Southeast um, region. Um, so we have the country broken down into, four regions we got the east we have the south we have the midwest and we have the west west coast and every facebook page on facebook it's so it's the fallen outdoors um all veteran uh west coast page or west coast community page and then we have each one of them is it, it fallen and it falls in tow there so this south um community page the east east coast community page and the midwest uh, uh community page and basically those are our main platforms where we do our trip giveaways. And I'd say 95% of the trips that we give away are literally, it could be a staffer that says, you know, today is what Wednesday, you know, a staffer could be like, Hey, Friday, I have a, I have a seat in my boat to go duck hunting on the Missouri river. 
and for two veterans and it's just a five w's you know who what where when why and comment with um greenhead and if 25 people comment with greenhead um you know at when we close it say nine o'clock at in the evening when we close the close the po- uh, post then literally all of us what we'll do is we'll get on our phone what i do is i I ask, uh, I say, I'm just do it on Siri. And I'm just like, Hey, pick a number between one. And and then it picks me a number and I scroll through the comments and I pick that, pick that person that commented number 14. And that's the person that's coming hunt with the next day. So, um, it's, yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, probably right about two years ago, I had a, uh, 900 acre lease when I was stationed at Fort Stewart mm-hmm. and, we had uh, a large portion of our lease got clear cut by the timber company mm-hmm. over the summer. And I said, you know, I have literally 180 acres of clear cut and I'm on a dove hunt, but I know the six guys I'm on here with, we can't cover this ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we went, among, I went amongst these guys who are all active duty or retired military that still lived in the, in the area around Fort Stewart. And I said, Hey, what do you guys feel about me going on the, the falling outdoors page and just doing an all call, whoever wants to show up. Yeah. And we had about 35, 35 guys from the Southeast chapter show up to dove hunt that day. Oh, that's awesome, man. And it was a terrible day. (laughs) For the birds. (laughs) Well, no, no, we didn't. I think we killed amongst all those guys. We killed probably 10 birds, uh, between, the game warden showing up and pulling everybody out of their out of their seats to uh, come and check licenses, and then as soon as he left, the pouring rain came in. Oh boy! It, but you know, it, it was one of those things, and I, I told him at the, at the get go, "This isn't a field I've planted. This is just where they cut our woods, and I can't guarantee that you're going to kill doves, but I can guarantee you're going to have good time, and we're going to have camaraderie, and we're going to make new friends." And we did, and we really enjoyed that. But that's what it's about in the in the end, anyway. Well, I think no, you're you, you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, because I mean, I think a huge thing that I've seen over the time that I've been part of this organization is, you know, you find you you find a lot of guys. Again, I go back to the thing where like, okay, someone moves from you know Fort Bliss, Texas, to um, Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, right? And they move from one place to another, and they're like, man, I don't know what to do, and I'm. Instead, instead of trying hard, a lot of times someone will just throw in the hat and they just won't try. And that's okay. That's not a big deal. Not everybody has the drive to figure it out, and that's fine. Um, and we want to be there to help people uh, get that drive to be able to go out and do it. And then what I've found a lot is um, there's a there's – a, especially out here in like JBLM, anywhere there's a big installation, I find a lot of, a lot of people will get out of the military and then they'll stay in that area and uh, – you know, out here, like Washington so fruitful as far as wildlife that a lot of people stay here because of that. But they get out and all of a sudden they're on their own and they don't have that camaraderie. They don't have that brotherhood. They don't have what they had in the military. They don't have the opportunity to um, just go and confide in one of their bros. And uh, a lot of people that I've had hunting with me or examples that I've heard from people is they it's rekindled that fire it's gotten the spark back that they lost when they lost when they left the military and it's like the coolest thing in the world to me to see the the friendships and the groups and the bonds that have been formed within um the organization and i see it obviously more out here because i'm here but i know it's and i know it's in the south i know a lot of guys in north carolina like they all get together they all you know have they're not, all of a sudden now like this the platoon aspect that they had before while they were in the military they have that they have that outside the military again and it's literally through the falling outdoors and through the outdoors man and it's it's something that i'm extremely grateful for myself because um a lot of my friends that i have here other than my own teammates that i work with they're all uh they're all guys that i've met through the tfo and it's freaking awesome yeah that's one of the having been out of the military right at about a year now for me, that is one of the biggest voids that was left to fill was that 
that brotherhood that I had. I mean, I, I don't miss a lot about the military, but I do miss the guys that I work with. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a huge that, deal. The bond you, you make through suffering uh, is stronger than anything you can come across. And to be able to get out there and to, to get out on the land and work with guys that are like-minded or individuals of like mind like that, to be able to rebuild that bond over something else makes a huge difference for a lot of people. Right. No, it's, yeah, it, it's cool. Cause you'll get in a bond with guys that you never met in your entire life. And sometimes conversations sure aren't pretty, <laughs> you know what I mean? but they are hilarious and it's like um you know there's i think there's like a show there's a show i've been seeing pop up and it's it's like a like a veteran reality not like an actual reality show but this like guy that got out of the Marine Corps he like made this it's kind of along the lines of like Matt Best the stuff that he does and he does like all these uh parodies it's like that TV I, yeah, vet TV. That's what it is, dude. And I'm like, dude, this is how it is with, with guys in the duck blind sometimes. It's freaking hilarious, man. I love it. So what are some of the some of the best stories you've got that, that came from Pollen Outdoors? Well, um, so let's see. I'll, I guess, let's hear a personal one for me that I thought was pretty cool. And I, I, I spoke about this last year at our banquet was, uh, it was, I don't know, it was probably five years ago or so and um i have a i I had a had a lake by my old house and there's a private um like it's kind of it's not really an hoa but you pay in and you have to get like a card but you get you get access to like a private boat launch and a private dock and there's this dock that goes out like 150 feet into the into the lake it's a pretty awesome little setup and at the end of that dock somebody told me yeah that's the that's the good spot that's where the hole is for the trout and all these lakes out here they stock them they stock them with trout every year and i was like well i'm gonna go give it a shot and i grabbed my ultralight and i went out there and casted a line and i caught my five trout in like a matter of no time and i was like well that's pretty cool um i don't really care to eat them that much but um I, I know a lot of people that like to, so I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to release, uh, going to release a trip and I'll take two vets every day down here because the bite was hot. So for a week straight, I took two vets every down fishing and we caught our limits every day and, uh, just absolutely freaking smashed the trout. And it was one of the last days I was there and I had this guy, he was, uh, he was a Marine grunt, um, got out and we went out, we went fishing um, we got done fishing. We came back to my house and he said, Hey man, I, I just want to tell you something. He's like, you know, yesterday when I put in for this trip, he's like, I did not think there'd be a chance in hell. I wasn't even going to put in for it, but my wife said, you need to put in for it. Um, and I ended up getting picked for it and I couldn't believe that I got picked for this trip. And he's like, I just want to tell you, he's like, um, over the last month and a half, I've had three of my, um, platoon, members that i was in afghanistan with have uh taken their own life and he said i was i was about to call it he's like that it was it for me like i was i was done and uh he's like i'm telling you right now that this fishing trip today this gave me this gave me a new a new beginning he's like and i and he started tearing up and he's like i'm so thankful that i got to come out and do this with you and uh that was like extremely powerful to me because um i mean hearing somebody be vulnerable and then for one, and then to tell, to tell me that just a simple, what a lot of us take for granted, just literally going down to a dock and going fish and just hearing that opportunity for him gave him his life back was like extremely. Um, so that's a pretty cool experience that I like to share with people about it. Um, another really cool one. Uh, it was probably four ago as well. Um, Eric, the founder of TFO, he was contacted by a guy and said, Hey, uh, my brother-in-law wants to go duck hunting. He's never been duck hunting before. Um, he's got diagnosed with ALS. Um, and then for those of you that don't know, ALS is terminal. Um, at some point, uh, everybody that gets ALS usually succumbs to it. Unfortunately, he said, he wants to go duck hunting. He's never been before. He's got limited mobility. 
he can walk a little bit. We're probably gonna have to help him out, but like, let's uh, if you guys can help out, let's let's do it. So Eric and I were like, heck yeah, let's do it. So we brought him down to the lower, got him in the boat. His name is Josh Gossens. Um, he's became a dear friend of the organization as a whole, and we brought him. Uh, we brought him out duck hunting and we had him, we went down to Bluebill flight was in big time. And on the lower Columbia, it's greater Bluebill. So it's Bluebill's like the size of Mallards. And, uh, we took him out on the lower Columbia and he, and the good thing about divers is a lot of times you don't have to hide. Like you can pretty much sit there and they'll just still fly into the long lines. And there was hundreds and hundreds of them down there. Well, Josh sitting on a chair in the wide open had a 20 gauge break action, single shot, you know, with the old hammer on it, just one of them, Single shot, 20 gauges. We loaded him up, and uh, he just sat there on a chair, had, a sh- had it sitting on a shooting stick, and he ended up shooting two bluebills that day, flying, believe it or not, which was freaking the coolest thing in the world. Well, that kind of started the journey for us with him, and uh, um, the very next year, I believe, he uh, he was awarded a terminally ill tag, um, elk tag, and state of washington for uh a pretty um highly sought after unit to begin with which was out in the blue mountains and uh, a bunch of vets that lived together um, eric went around filming it um and he rode around in his tractor all over the place and ended up killing a, a 360 bull just an absolute giant bull and um I'll have to send you a link to the video, man. You, you, you'd love it. It's uh, Eric made a heck of a video out of it to kind of t- yeah. tell the story. Absolutely. Send me a link and I'll be sure to post it in the podcast description so that our listeners can go on and check that out too. Yeah, it's, I think it, we'll I think, post it to our Facebook page and, and get it on the podcast description. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I think, I think he named it. Uh, this is not how my story ends. Um, and the raw emotion in it, man. It's you, you better have a better have a box of Kleenex sitting there because I'm telling you, man, it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. So he ended up killing a bull there. Um, another another, I think, year or two later, um, we got him in a got him in a blind. He shot a bull with his crossbow out here, and uh, Josh is Josh is still around. Um, you know, health is unfortunately kind of deteriorating. Um, uh, bless his heart and his family's heart. He came to my wedding uh, just a month ago. It was it was awesome to have him out there. Um, but that's a huge, huge story that we'll carry forever. Uh, and he he's, he's just he's just amazing. And and what we were able to do with that was phenomenal to see everybody come together to help him. Um, same thing kind of happened just recently too down in New Mexico. Um, our New Mexico team lead uh, Pat Lopez. Awarded a guy uh, uh, pretty much a once in a lifetime hunt for uh, for pronghorn. Um, I believe it was pronghorn um, down there in New Mexico. Um, guy was terminally ill as well. Older guy, I think probably in his sixties. Never done it before, and uh, a pretty phenomenal thing. Just some of the you know, it's not like when we do this, we look for people's emotions to come up but it just it's unbelievable sometimes seeing the the reactions that that people have and and we don't do it for that man we don't do it for the glory at all we do it to help each other and that's what then that's at the end of the day that's that is 100 percent what we do it for i mean we do we do um an event out here what you know prior to covid called operation salmon where we have 150 veterans bought salmon fishing on on various boats and we've had a boat before where there was a world war ii vet a vietnam vet and an afghanistan vet all in the same boat together catching king salmon i mean that's a pretty that's a pretty cool moment right there to see you know basically three generations all put together in one boat out there doing what they love and um i mean i i i I talked about this too this last year for me. Um, you know, a lot of people always ask, like, what is it? What is it about? What is it about the outdoors that that like provides the healing? Provides the um, basically the the solitude that veterans can use to 
to enhance their mental state, to clear their mind, to create that brotherhood, to do whatever it is, to do whatever it is that it does to, to greater a vet or an active duty guy's life. And, and for me, it really kind of came into play for me. Um, this last year, um, August 29th, this last year, I lost one of my teammates in Afghanistan and, I a month and a half later, um, when I was, I got the opportunity, I was bow hunting in Idaho and, um, I was back here. I was, I wasn't on my team at the time when he got killed, but he was a dear friend, a brother of mine. And, uh, I really didn't have the opportunity to process it. And there I was, I was at about 9,500 feet in the mountains in Idaho. And we were like 500 yards from a bedded herd of elk, just hanging out, waiting for the evening. And, um, I pretty much just kind of, let it all out, man. I came unglued on my own, and uh, that was the first time since he had passed that I was kind of at peace with with what had happened, and and it was the coolest thing in the world to be able to be outdoors and be able to do it with with my brother and just uh, be there in the outdoors. And that's just the power that I think that um, the outdoors has for for healing of the mind, and uh, and that's what we're that's what we're after when we take people out because. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, you know, and, but I don't think that the normal public populace civilian, I guess, per se, fully can get a grip on what veterans and active duty servicemen have endured in their time. And, and that's the thing too, about TFO that I didn't say at the beginning was we don't cater to a specific demographic within the military. So like, you don't have to be a wounded vet. You don't have to be a combat veteran. All you have to do uh, in order to be a part or be selected for one of our trips or just be on our pages is all you had to have to be is serve honorably in the military. And that's it. That's all. That's that's all you have to be. So we get all different walks, shapes, forms of people. You could be an there could be a freaking retired Delta operator in a duck blind with a PFC S1 guy. And it doesn't matter. Like we were there for everybody and it's, it's really fun to have that mix within, man. Kind of went off on a tangent there. So take no, a, that's, take a breath that's all right. <laughs> you know, for me, the outdoors has always given me that ability to, for lack of better words, take the switch of reality and just turn it off. Yeah. You, you can step away from the daily grind Mm-hmm. And you can focus on the task at hand, whether that be scouting, wand, you know, wandering through the woods, being able to sit there and just absolutely completely take in a sunrise or a sunset without worrying about anything mm-hmm. else. To be able to step away, be out there in the outdoors and, and to put in that work, to just sweat for a purpose and just be with like-minded individuals. Right. And, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I was blessed to grow up that way. And I know a lot of people weren't. And that was that that was our mission in starting this podcast and all that stuff was to take people who weren't exposed to the outdoors, but have a notion to think that they they want to do it. And to show them that it is possible, because if you if you sat there and you watched hunting tv mm-hmm. you you would think that every time you go to the woods you're going to come back with a trophy yeah and that in order to kill that trophy you've got to pay ungodly amounts of money to go hunt this ranch or that ranch or so on and so forth but it's not true that that's not what hunting is about hunting in america and i've said this before in fact i said it on last week's podcast hunting in america is a poor man's sport and it doesn't have to, you don't have to invest a bunch of money into it. You do have to invest some money into it to get started. And there are license fees and whatnot, but that all goes back to conservation. You, you invest that little bit of money, and you, but you invest what you save in money, you can invest in sweat. Yeah. And going out there and working, just getting literally, quite literally and figuratively, figuratively working through your problems can be done right there in the outdoors 100 percent, man 100 percent. you know i was 
I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, um, and they had a guy on there. He runs some Instagram page called like Make Hunting Great Again, and uh, I guess it's a pretty goofball page. I never looked at it, but um, one of the guys on there asked him. He said, "You know, like when was hunting great?" And what, you know, why, you know, when you say the term make hunting great again, like when was hunting great? And the guy was like, you know, um, when I realized that things are different and the things, things have got to change and kind of going back on what you just said about like, you know, if somebody who hasn't ever been into it and they've, they've never been into the outdoors or they weren't brought up that way and they watch hunting shows and stuff, they're going to think, man, this is the impossible. There's no way that I can do this. There's no way that I can go out and shoot a trophy or there's no way I'll ever be able to just close with in rifle range to shoot a deer period or to shoot a duck or, you know, catch a bass. And not every bass has to be six pounds, you know, like in um, this guy said, you know, I realized that uh, he had a friend and his 15 year old boy shot a hundred and like 56 inch buck with his bow. And he was, he was upset because it wasn't old enough and he was mad at himself for it. And, um, he was like, what happened here? You know, why, why do we get away? Why do we get away, uh, from the grind and what you were just talking about? Like, you don't have to, like, I mean, there's like Sitka some, some awesome camouflage, some awesome product. I don't wear it, but I mean, from what I hear, it's awesome. You don't have to wear Sitka you know, to, to go out and, and kill a deer. You don't have to, you don't have to spend, you know, $5,000 to go to a ranch to shoot a whitetail, you know, over a corn feeder. Like you don't have, you can, you can go to Walmart probably just like you did. And like I did and still do to this day for some things and spend 40 bucks on a camel pair of camel pants and camel shirt and even a jacket and get away with it and go out there. Heck you can go you can go out and just buy a regular pair of pants and a, and a hoodie and go sit in a deer stand, but you can do it. It's not impossible. You just got to try. And, um, and for those that have a hard time try, like trying, you know, to circle back, like that's what the fallen outdoors was founded on the premises of being able to help people try. And so they can understand that you can do it. It's not impossible. And I, I, there is guys that are diehard, diehard hunters now that I see all like on Facebook and, and all the time now that I've seen them on our TFO page at one point and they were literally, you know, telling their story. Like I grew up in the city. I've never done this before, but I've always wanted to try it. And somebody's like, come on, man, you know, let me give you, let me, let me give you a hand here. And they take that opportunity and they go out and dude, now these guys are out there you know, running trail cams, going up in the mountain, scouting, doing all this stuff. And it is like the coolest thing in the world. And that's the success that we, that is the backbone of our organization right there, man. And it's freaking awesome to watch. You know, I'll plug my budget tip that I I push a lot. When you're looking at that cold weather gear, cold weather stuff is the most expensive hunting equipment there is. Mm -hmm. But if you're living in a state where it's cold, cold enough to really need some good cold weather gear, chances are you can go to Goodwill and find some pretty dang good cold weather stuff Mm. for really cheap. Right. Now, it might be neon green, but you go and you buy that neon green cold weather gear for one-tenth of the price it costs brand new. Mm. And then you go to Walmart and you buy oversized camouflage to put on on top of it. Mm-hmm. And now guess what you have? Yeah. Camouflage cold weather gear. Sure. Sure. Heck yeah. And I'll tell you, there's a whole handful of military surplus stores out there. And I will I will work for the rest of my life. My waffle tops, uh, you know, uh, bottoms and top that I've been issued over 15 years in the military, dude. I will live by that. I ran around, I run around the mountains. I get in the duck blind. I go fishing with it. I wear all that stuff. And you can find a waffle top. I'll guarantee it at almost any military surplus store because somebody traded that in and they made a huge mistake. 
but that could be your win if you go in there and buy that. I, I've worn I've worn my marshmallow suit hunting before. Right? Heck yeah. With some camouflage over top of it, and I was dang, downright toasty. It's like wearing a heater bodysuit. Yeah. 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 Heck yeah, man. There, there's some of that stuff I had to turn in that I, I wish I still had a hold of. Yeah. Yeah. No. But no. Uh, there was there was no when the when the military switched from the the digital camouflage over to the scorpion pattern there was no greater joy in me than knowing that i could now leave work in my uniform and go straight to the woods right yeah yeah <clears throat> no doubt and i mean well a lot of people like a lot of people that know me um those like i still to this i mean we get rained on a lot when we're duck on out here like guess guess what i'm wearing on my for my pants I'm wearing my BDU wet weather bottoms that I have still. When the Army decides they want to take that back from me, I hope not after 20 years. You know, once I retire, I'm hoping they're like, yeah, BDU is so long ago. We don't need that because I'll probably just throw it in a dumpster anyway. But I live, I, I swear by those things, man, some wet weather gear. So, but heck yeah. And that that's, you know, that stuff doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to cost a fortune. You just have to hunt for it. Right, right. And I don't, I mean, I grew up wearing mismatched camouflage from this discount to that discount. Mm. And as of late, I've switched to a, uh, just because I've been hunting my entire life and I, I decided as an adult, I was like, you know what, dang it, I, I'm going to wear a camouflage that matches. Yeah. Not that it matters to the deer right, or whatever you're hunting, but it, it just mattered to me. So I saved my money. I budgeted and put things aside so that I could buy that stuff that I wanted. And now I, I wear natural gear camouflage. Okay. Yeah. Which is not, uh, it is not the most expensive stuff, but it's not the cheapest stuff either, but it is warm. Yeah. And it keeps me dry. Right. You don't see a ton of it out there anymore either, man. You know, I remember when that stuff was hot on the shelf. Um, it's, it's becoming more popular here in the Southeast. Is it? Yes, dude. It is growing in popularity in different regions now that it has has passed where it was. Dude, check out uh, it's uh, wingsupply.com. Um, it's a website I go to a lot for um, waterfowl gear in general, but they always carry natural gear and it's dirt cheap, man. Like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, wingsupply.com, and uh, I I go on there too. Like, I I, I like to set people there a lot and, and it, on, when you first go on the website you're like this stuff this seems like too good to be true like there it's a it's a scam web page there's no doubt about it well i'm here to tell you it's not i promise you that i've ordered hundreds of dollars of stuff over over the years like you know you're sitting on a deployment and you're like yep add to cart send and you know you end up coming home it's like christmas when you come home from deployment um but <laughs> yeah right and but you can get like Drake pullovers and stuff on there for like 55, 60 bucks, like nice ones that like you would, it would cost you 120 out of Cabela's. So check it out. Go man. ahead and reiterate that site, but very slowly. Yeah. It's uh, www.wingsupply.com. Wingsupply.com. They do it for clothes, decoys, calls. I mean, there's, you name it, it's on there and it's cheap. I, I live by it. So I got two on that one. Camo Fire uh, is a great app to have on your phone, and you check back every, like, 12 hours for a deal. Okay. Um, but you better be ready to pull the trigger as soon as you see it, yeah. or it's going to be gone. Yeah. Because the, the deals re- really only last for 24 hours. Okay. Or 12, 12 to 24 hours. Um, and then, believe it or not, especially for decoys, the Walmart app. Really? Because nobody thinks to go and buy decoys from the Walmart app. Huh. Uh, I saw not too long ago there was a, a spinning wing mallard decoy for like uh, 30 bucks. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, because they just don't sell enough of them. So when that stuff, it goes on sale, it goes on deep sale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought I bought my dad and brother uh, one of those Flambeau Boss Buck decoys because they're still, they live in Wisconsin still and I bought one of them big buck decoys for bow hunting from Walmart last year for like 80 bucks. And they're normally like 160. Yeah. Dude, it's Walmart's dude. Yeah. Well, Walmart's made a killing off of COVID-19. I mean, cause they stayed open, but, um, anyways, 
aside the fact Walmart still is pretty freaking awesome. Like, especially after hunting season, you got to keep an eye on for oh, absolutely. They, they throw out on pallets and stuff. I just, dude, nobody both hunts out of tree stands here. Um, they had a mare step 25 foot climbing sticks for tree stands on a pallet out here one time for 20 bucks a set. About bought the whole pallet. I bought a half a dozen of them. No, I was like, I got to get these things They're still sitting in the box, but I'm like, well, once I get some property, I can hang some tree stands on again. I got, I'm all set up. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, Walmart, I don't shop a lot in their store until, like you said, at the end of hunting season. But that's the same thing. If you're going to go in there at the end of hunting season, you better show up the day after. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Totally. as soon as it's on sale, it's gone. Everybody knows they've got a deep sale going on. Totally. Uh, actually, but, Walmart's actually, I mean, I know we keep hitting Walmart, but Walmart has been a huge contributor to you falling outdoors, honestly. Really? Yeah. And it's cool, man, because, like, it's, like, local stores. Um, like, it's at the local store level. And there's uh, um, our treasurer, Rand Traeger, he's cracked the code on it, and it's helped out substantially for for a lot of our teams. They've gotten uh, some pretty substantial donations from them for, uh, to get their teams running, uh, to get more veterans out, like – and that's just kind of a way that we we do things is uh, you know hit up hit up companies like because um, we make ninety percent of our money to provide the opportunities to provide hunting and fishing and cover overhead um, through our banquets and uh, storefronts. Um, we do like we do banquets that are that are um, you know like du style banquets like um, uh, raffles, live auction, silent auction, and uh, and a really nice dinner. And that's just like, that's kind of how we end up doing a lot of our stuff other than storefront stuff. Unfortunately this year, um, we lost out on our banquets because of COVID and we haven't been able to do them. Um, so a lot of guys, a lot of our teams are kind of hurting right now. Um, but we're, we're working through the, working through the kinks, finding different ways to, to, uh, to get some get some donations and stuff and um i think we're on the right path again a lot of guys are starting to come out of the deficit that they were kind of facing right now um in different teams especially our younger teams that are just getting going but um it's been amazing seeing the seeing the support of people that have came forth to came forth to help us out so but and i will say like um for people that are interested in in donating um whether it's uh and i'm just it's just a plug in there whether 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 you want to donate um monetarily or by being able to take a veteran out whatever it may be um you just get on we do have we do have an actual website um www.thefallenoutdoors.com um but we have uh direct links to on our website now so you can you can donate monetarily uh, straight to uh, a state of your choice or straight to national, um, whatever you decide to do. But there's a, there's an, there's an easy an easy donate button straight on there, and then you can just say where you want it to go, what state you want to go to, um, and you can contact us through that for if you want to take people out um, hunting and fishing, and then obviously, like I said, social media is. Uh, kind of where we run a major mass majority of our stuff. So our main page, we have a fallen outdoors main page. Um, if you're interested in taking somebody out, message us on there. If you're, you know, extenuating circumstances, a lot of times people will hit up and say, Hey, you know, I'm moving from here. I've never caught a sturgeon or, you know, is there a chance to get out? We'll help people out with that. Or I've got, a, I've got a, my dad's sick. He's a vet, you know, so on and so forth. Like, just hit us up with anything on there. That's the best way to hit us up. We've got admins watching it like a hawk constantly. Um, and then I do want to say, say uh, for people listening that if you are a veteran too, you need to get on our Fallen Outdoors All Veteran Community page. If you just type it in the search bar, the Fallen Outdoors All Veteran Community page. Um, we don't release a lot of trips on there. Too. Um, cause we got it broken down into regional pages now for the trip releases. So we don't clog our all veteran page, but that page come December, um, we do what's called the 25 days of Christmas giveaways. 
and uh, you guys got to be on there to watch that. From the 1st through the 25th of December, we give away um, outdoor-related gear and equipment and stuff to everybody, like people that comment. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's it's a random draw again, but we give away tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, so make sure you guys get out of Falling Outdoors, all that uh, for the 25 Days of Christmas giveaways. It's, you definitely don't want to miss that. So let, let's take a quick break real quick, and then we'll get into a couple other things, and uh, we'll be right back with you. Sure. So I know you guys do a lot. Of, you, you do some events. Uh, just recently, you did a 5K, 10K, 15K, or whatever. And if I'd have thought about it, I'd have put my T-shirt on for this podcast. But uh, now you can see me anyway. Yeah. But uh, what what kind of events do you guys do that e- just the general public can can participate in and donate to help you guys run? As well, um, I would say so. I. Uh... Oh, well, let's see. So that was a big one. Um, our, uh, our VP, Tim Adams, actually kind of orchestrated that event, um, the 510 and, yeah, what is it, 20, whatever a full marathon is. Really, know. really awesome T-shirt, by the way. I wear it all the time, uh, but I seem, it seems like it's dirty more than it's clean because I wear yeah, it sometimes. Right. That's all right. It's a good, it's a good work shirt, workout shirt, whatever you want to wear it for, but um, – so honestly, for like the general public to get involved, if you're um, not not a veteran per se, is I would just challenge people to um, to look into like if you're in if you're into hunting and fishing, um, like if you want to take somebody out, like that's definitely the best way to get involved. We actually usually do uh, a run of decals that'll be like the it'll be like. A falling out there, falling outdoors, a volunteer sticker that we decal that we like to give people that that, that take people out and do that stuff. Um, again, like I said, you can contact us through our web page or our Facebook pages as far as taking people out. Um, like if you're whatever state you're in, um, we always on our uh, social media pages um, the states that are going to have banquets. Um, our banquets, I would say, you know. I've, of course, I'm biased, but I've been I go to a lot of banquets. I like I love supporting the conservation organizations out there. So um, I go to a lot of them and I can tell you hands down that our banquets across the country, like hands down are they just trump anything that I've ever been to by solely because of the outstanding uh, backing that we have from people that support our causes that donate to us in order to. Um, facilitate these banquets so they're number one if you want to if you want to contribute like if you if you're a business owner if you um, want to buy hunting and fishing stuff to get to to donate for our banquets for us to use as raffle items or auction items or whatever but then at, at the end of the day too like check out our banquets that we're having north carolina does big ones oklahoma missouri north dakota washington oregon we have a national one check them out when you see them posted i challenge you guys to go to them most of them have um pretty big capacities 300 400 uh, plus people are able to go to them and again like i said live auction silent auction raffles and a dinner and the dinner like they're usually cheaper than most of them have been to most of the time, like 60 bucks is like a cut is kind of 50 or 60 dollars is going right for a couple's ticket. It gets you a dinner, which is a normal date. And that money right there goes right into our organization. Even if you don't want to spend extra money there. So you're just there to support us to begin with. And that's open to the open to the general public. Like you don't have to be a member of TFO. You don't have to be a veteran. Like if you just want to support us, check out one of our banquets, come on, check it out. Um, whenever we're doing storefronts and stuff, they're always posted the stores that we're going to be at and stuff. And then most states are always at outdoor shows. So I just, uh, if you see us, come check us out. We do have a online store for all of our apparel and stuff like that. Like anything that you, any money that you spend, I mean, we're a 501c3. So any money that you spend towards the organization is, it's what goes 100% back into uh, back into getting veterans in the outdoors. And this is something I didn't say at the beginning, but there is not a single person paid on our staff, not a single person. 
not on our national staff. There's not a single person and there's not a single pro staff guy that's paid in our organization. Not one. And our entire staff is, is fully comprised of veterans and active duty service members. That's it. So, and nobody's paid. So every penny that is, that is spent and donated to TFO goes right back to our cause. And that's how we're able to take 12,000 veterans out annually. So I just challenge people to take, take a look at it, check us out. I promise you won't be disappointed. Um, and I, the, the proof is in the pudding, I guess is what they say. Right. And, uh, you'll see, you'll see whatever, if you do decide you want to donate, you'll see everything, uh, where it's going. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wide open on there. See it all the time. So pretty awesome. So for our active duty listeners out there, when first sergeant comes down and he says, you've got to donate to one of these charities or we're not going home. Are you guys on that list? Yeah, we've actually, um, we've actually populated on that. So there's a, yeah, it's the deductions right out of your, um, right out of your account or whatever, or right out of right off your, right off your paycheck because you can, you can do that. We are one of those. Um, there's the Amazon smile thing that they do that you, whenever you make like a purchase on Amazon, like a portion of it goes to TFO. So you can look us up on that Amazon smile and that'll, a portion of it will go to us as well. And then Amazon pay, uh, pays out to National for that. Um, that's a pretty cool um, deal. Um, and then we're still working on cracking the code for other things, man. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of ways to get involved. I would just say for the most part, if people want to get more involved that um, are not veterans, if they're, and they're interested in this and are interested in us, like, for sure – check out our main Facebook page. Like it, it, like it is very transparent as to what we're doing on a daily basis. Um, we've got some good people running our social media pages now. Um, and then if you're a vet, you got to get on them community pages. Like I tell people every single day, I rock a giant TFO sticker back window, like an oversized on the back window of my pickup. And people ask me every day, what is this? What do we, what do you guys do? And I'm like, you've got to get on our community pages. And just get in on these trips, get in on them, because like you will get selected for one of my promise. So, so I, as we're coming to a close here, I, I kind of primed you earlier today for our under pressure outdoors tip of the week. Right. What do you got? Yeah, man. So I thought about this. It came came to my mind really quick. So um, it kind of goes back on like getting your feet under you, like learning a new area. I can't I can't say enough about in 2020. There is two awesome apps out there. It's Onyx Maps and Base Maps. Um, both of them give discounts to the military as well. But Onyx Maps and Base Maps, you guys got to check those out because whether you're in any part of the country, it lays out private property borders. It lays out public land borders. It shows government lands, water access points, uh, trailheads, you name it, it's on there. And you can download specific areas um, on your phone. And so when you go out of service, you're still going to be tracked. You can go offline and still track your GPS location. So it doubles as a GPS right on your phone. And like, I can't say enough about it. I use it religiously. And a lot of people have asked me over the years, they're like, man, how did you get so lucky and get access to private properties to duck hunt? And I can attribute a lot of that to Onyx Maps because I can look right on it. I can see who the landowner is and their tax address is on there. So if I knock on the door and they don't answer, I send them a letter and I tell them who I am and give them a brief breakdown and I've gained access to properties literally through that. So Onyx maps and base maps, make sure you guys check those things out because they will pay off freaking tenfold, man. I promise you. So to caveat off of that, I'll give you another source that is awesome for e-scouting in particular. Um, it's, it's called Sentinel hub. Okay. Check that out. It is a website you can go on. There's no app for it, but you can find it on your your phone just by googling it. And it doesn't. It's it's more geared towards a desktop setup, but it, it works pretty decent on your phone. But Sentinel Hub updates their 
satellite images every three to seven days. So when you're looking at an area, you're going to get on the Onyx maps. I use Onyx, uh, and I use that awesome military discount. And I'm going to look at this area, and I'm going to go, okay, this is what it looks like on Onyx maps, but let me jump on Sentinel Hub and actually pull up basically a real-time feed. Okay. Um, and the only drawback to Sentinel Hub is that a lot of times, especially here in the southeast, when you're looking at an area, you're going to have cloud cover. Okay. You're not going to get that perfect uh, view of what you want to look at, but you can always go back yeah. in time to where you can have less clouds. But having that real-time update uh, of what the land looks like, and you can switch it to a, I want to think it's called a red negative, where your trees, your heavy vegetation is going to show up bright red, but your water is going to show up black. Hmm. So when you're looking at an area where you, like a seasonal stream, yeah, if it has water in it, it's going to be black. If it's not, you, it's obviously not going to be black. So you can see real time where the water is and where the water isn't. Makes sense. And in an area down here, like the southeast, at this time of year, water is very important because it is very hot. Oh yeah, dude, big time. It's the same thing. It's the same thing up here too for like. For elk hunting during the rut in September, like you get in the mountains, dude, you find a little bit of water. I mean, a lot of people, and it's not even water, just like a wallow. Like the freaking bulls flock to it, man, especially midday. They like to go sitting. And with that Sentinel Hub, you can actually get on there before ever setting foot on the ground and find that wallow. That's cool. You can find that little that little hole of water because it's going to show up black amongst all the reds. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's really it's a really cool tool. You gotta, you kind of have to play with it to get used to how it works. Yeah, but it's a, it's a very, very good tool. Yeah, let's check that uh, out too, man. But what I'll say to, for my tip of the week is, uh, we go back to budgeting and conservation. Conservation doesn't happen without somebody physically putting in money. Um. We contribute as outdoors men and women to conservation through the Pittman Robinson Act and the Dingle Johnson Act. Yep. And that is all, whether you like it or not, you're going to do it. When you buy bullets, when you buy fishing rods, when you buy hunting equipment, any kind of sporting equipment, you're contributing in some way or another. 11% of your excise tax from Pittman Robinson Act goes to conservation. But you can take money to set it aside and contribute to these outdoors organizations that are doing good for conservation. Ducks Unlimited, if you're a waterfowl hunter. National, uh, the NWTF, National Wild Turkey Federation. Uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I mean, I, I could go on and on. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, which we had on the podcast last week. And those guys are doing great things for public land. Yep. And they actually just started a military chapter. Oh, cool. Uh, to, to try and bring more military together into the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers group. And they have a, a discounted rate for military. That's awesome. So, save that money, put it, set that money aside and spend, I mean, BHA is 35 bucks. Ducks Unlimited is about the same price. Yeah. All that money is going back to a specific uh, purpose. Depending on what you're donating to. So take your organization and spend a little extra money, especially now with this coronavirus stuff going on. Like you were talking about, the banquets have all but been shut down. Yeah. So those organizations who are counting on the banquets to make the majority of their funds to put back into our wildlife and our resources are hurting right now. Yeah, absolutely. And if, so. if you don't mind, I'm just out there. I actually, I actually just, uh, I just wrote a research paper on this uh, for a college class. I'm, I'm, I'm all growing up now, man. I took an English class finally, um, but I wrote, I wrote a research paper about hunters for conservation and, and uh, pretty dang cool uh, statistics. So since 1937, when the Pittman Robertson Act was founded, but just since 1937, because of what you're just talking about being able to put a little bit of money aside for these conservation organizations, sportsmen and women 
have contributed $20 billion to conservation across the United States. And if it wasn't for us, if it wasn't for the people listening, if it wasn't for hunters and fishermen, we wouldn't have what we have today. And we just got to keep that train rolling. Oh, absolutely. Hunting is great today because of what, because of the Pittman-Robertson Act. Yeah. We, we wouldn't know hunting as it is today if it weren't for the Pittman-Robertson Act. Yep. And uh, you, you look at things like the North American model for wildlife, and you would think that's something that has been in place for 80 years. Yep. Uh, but it's only been in place since the mid-80s. Oh, yeah. That wasn't the, the North American model for wild for conservation wasn't written for us to follow. It was written on it was written because of what we did. Uh, so we have to continue to, to contribute monetarily and we, we go back to keeping our, our woods and our waterways clean by picking up our trash. Mm-hmm. And that's how we keep our public lands public because you have to maintain that face of if, if we don't put in the work to, to clean that stuff up then the state has to do it and if the state has to spend money doing it then it just puts a drain on the state right it's taken away from other stuff right and without those public lands you wouldn't have near the opportunity you do as as an organization as your organization does to get people out there exactly and to hunt so it all ties together and the organizations have to band together to help each other. Exactly. So, Justin, I really appreciate you joining us tonight, and I think we've had a great conversation. Man, it's been a heck of a time. Oh, I really enjoyed it. We, we can get some more support for you guys. It sounds like you're growing rapidly. Yeah, we are. And have grown rapidly. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for allowing me the opportunity to speak on behalf of the Fallen Outdoors, dude. It's, uh, it's incredible to be able to be on a platform like this and uh, – and I really hope because of this, we're able to do some more. And uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm looking forward to a continued uh, future of our friendship, dude. Yeah, I I, I agree. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, save up some money and come out there to Washington to shoot some ducks. Yeah, buddy, you're welcome anytime. And when you're what when you're uh, ready to come kill some black belly whistling ducks and, and some wood ducks and stuff, you, you give me a call. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. We'll put you on them. All right. So until next week, this has been another episode of the Enterprise Outdoors podcast.